This is the Flight School Podcast, the place where goal setters go to become goal getters. I'm your host, Jen Lafine, and I'm here to remind you that your wings are ready. It's time to fly. Let's go. Welcome to the Flight School Podcast. This week, I have another very special guest for you. And from the second I met her, uh, we had a Zoom call, I believe, earlier this year. I was like, I need to have her on the podcast. So welcome to the Flight School Podcast, Renee Cohen. Renee is a certified financial planner. And what I absolutely adore about her is she talks about money and you feel really good at the end of the conversation with her. So we're going to get into that a little bit more, but welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you so much, Jen. And I echo your sentiments. I mean, from the minute that we had that Zoom call, whenever that was, it feels like either yesterday or five years ago, but at some point here, uh, I know that we connected and love everything that you're doing at the flight school and listen to the, listen to the episode. So I'm so excited to be on an episode. Yeah, well, we're, I'm so excited you're here. So we're going to dive in yep. because as you know, on this podcast, I help people fly to their greatest potential. And one of the things that I see holding a lot of people back is their money mindset. And I'm going to be very, very transparent and say, this is something that has held me back too. So first of all, what is a money mindset? Can you explain that for my listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And before I do that, I a lot of people here who are listening, they may think, well, oh, she's a you know financial planner. She works with money. She deals with money. She helps people with money. She must have a perfect money mindset. She must be perfect in her finances. And that is not the case. We all have a journey and we all start at a different place. But you know, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But just like anything else in our life, we have beliefs around certain topics or certain, even if they're not tangible, right? Like love, money, and we develop a mindset around it, whether it is going to be a limiting mindset or an empowering mindset. Maybe sometimes it's a combination of the both, but certainly when it comes to money, it really is how do you think about your relationship with money and how do you show up in that relationship? So like anything else in our lives, whether it is family relationships, other interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, right? You have to show up and do some work in order to really be your best self and grow in it. And money is no different. So it is really looking at what is your current relationship with money and what are those feelings that evoke within you when you think about the word money and you think about where you are today. And maybe sometimes a lot of times I should say is that it really comes from our childhood. We all have some childhood wounds from something. So money is no different. I was just going to add that, that so many times our money mindset was not anything we chose for ourselves. It is something that got embedded in us when we were children from watching our parents and the way our parents spent money or what they told us, taught us about money. And we don't realize that now that we're adults, we can choose our own money mindset. And so that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to invite you on to the show, because I've been studying money mindset 
for a while now. And it is, it's just so fascinating to me to learn, like, Mm -hmm. I really can question. So when we talk about money mindset, we're talking about a set of beliefs that we have about what money represents, what we can do with money, what money means about us. And we have, just like in other areas of our life, we have certain limiting beliefs about money. So from your position in in the work that you do, what would you say would be three of the most common limiting beliefs about money that you see? One being in no order particular, but I would say this one, this is the one that stands out the most. And I get a lot is that when that people, when women are coming to me and having this conversation, they will usually lead it with, I am not good at this. I am not good at money. I'm not good at managing money or I don't have the time to manage money. So I would wrap all of that up into the same little bow, negative bow around there is no good or bad. And time is all, it's at one of our resources. So you put in to something you will get out of, you know, you get out of something what you put in. And so if you tell yourself you don't have the time, well, then that's why you're going to feel chaotic or unsure about where your money is going. The other one is money is a limited resource. And especially I see this not only with the women that work in corporate, but also entrepreneurs, because I, it's maybe a different mindset at being a corporate leader versus in the entrepreneurial space. Our relationship with money is a little bit different depending if you're corporate or entrepreneurial. One's not better than the other, but it's a limited resource. And a lot of times, especially on the corporate side, it's like, well, I have a defined salary. I have a bonus. Yes, I can negotiate, but in some form or fashion, it's limited. And then on the entrepreneurial side, phase as we're growing businesses or having to invest back in businesses, it can also feel like a limited resource just in a different way, whereas someone on the corporate side may say, well, this person has uncapped potential. It's true. It's just how we frame it depending on where we're at in our career journey or entrepreneurial journey. And the other one, the third one, and again, this is in no particular order, is I can either be happy or wealthy. And I can't have both. And peace and that of is, mind. That is so fascinating because people think money buys happiness. Right. And, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, just like being in a relationship doesn't buy happiness. Just like being in a relationship, checking off that box doesn't mean being happy, but it provides options, right? It fulfills other parts of us that do create the happiness. Well, let's go back to this first one because. That is a limiting belief that I have had Mm -hmm. that I am overcoming, which is I'm not good with money. Mm -hmm. And I tell myself, my husband, he loves financial. He loves budgeting. He loves looking at where we're spending and investing and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, just tell me if we have money left to spend. (laughs) Right? And I'm learning that you can't do that, that I, that I can be good at money, that I can help with those decisions. But I hear it so often. I'm not good with money. And it's almost like, you know, like a turtle, like you're pulling your head back into your shell. And it's just like, I don't want to deal with it. Right. So I'm not good at it. And I think it's something that we inherently act either by way of seeing actions 
you know, from growing up, either what our parents were, what we what we thought our parents' relationship with money was, what we see our parents' relationship to money is now. Because again, as an adult, you may have seen how your parents or people close to you interacted with money as a young adult. And because you were still forming and developing, you may have perceived something differently than actually that, than it was. But then also we all got older. So your parents' relationship with money has also maybe evolved one way or the other. So you're now, it's like this weird dichotomy of like seeing this weird journey and you're formulating your own beliefs. And I also think as women, you know, and this is maybe very generation generationally speaking, is that we were taught that like, okay, you can do X, Y, and Z, but the men do the other parts of it. Yes. And so we just kind of assume, well, I'm not good with money. It's not something to just, you know, say, hey, I'm not good with money. And I'm not saying that's just to kind of write it off. We should question that to, for ourselves. And then when we hear our friends say that too, Right, not just in the privacy of a conversation that I may be having with someone, but if you hear a friend saying, challenge your friend and just say, you know what, we can't be good with money. So money is neither good nor bad. It is just money, right? It's, it's just money. Just a thing. It's our emotional yeah. thoughts about it that assigns it that mm-hmm. you know, that whatever. I have used I'm not good with money as an excuse to not have to learn about money. Yep. And stay in my comfort cave. And you and I were chatting before we started mm-hmm. recording about how so many of us stay in our comfort cave with money, thinking we are completely powerless to change our situation. Right? Yep. Yeah. And that's not that's not the case. So what advice do you have for women or people in general who are like, I'm I'm ready to start learning? Like, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, great question. And I will also share too, is that, you know, this is me not feeling like I could manage my own money or feeling like I was good at money is what led me to this career as that because I'm really bad at managing money. And, and some of that was maybe age, right? Like in my 20s, I'm like, oh, you have some of those people that are in their 20s. They're like, oh my God, they're rock stars and they're always saving. I was never that person. I was always spending everything that I was making and I wasn't making a ton. And then it was for me when I hit my early 30s and I just found myself in a crossroad in my personal relationship, in a professional relationship. I wanted to leave the company that I was with for a long time and I thought I'd be there for my career is what led me down this path. And, and so I answer the question, just reflecting back on my own journey, because really it is about just taking, putting one foot in front of the other, taking one step. And it's something that I know it sounds so cliche, but it truly is just taking one step. You don't have to, you know, do everything and be perfect. You don't have to go from zero to being a certified financial planner in in a week, right? It takes a lot of time, but taking, just taking ownership right, really would be the the first step and saying that, you know, let me have awareness as to where do I have money, savings accounts, investment accounts, retirement accounts, without attaching any shame or judgment is just getting mm-hmm. an inventory and not and not allowing the emotion to really come into into that exercise. No shame, just, no judgment. No shame, <laughs> no it. judgment. Where am I hiding money? Whether it's, it's neutral, money is neutral. It's all data, right? 
It's just data. It's putting it in, in black and white because having that black and white is going to give you the jumping off place to then take that following step, right? It's like, yes, there's going to be the emotions, there's the money mindset, there's the limiting beliefs, there's the empowering that we can change into empowering beliefs, but we really need to start from somewhere. So that to me is really the, the first step is having the awareness, not just internally to say, I know I can be good at this and I want to learn about this because it, it helps to direct your future. And then just doing the exercise, like, where do I have money? And then from there, right, it's it's perfectly fine to, you know, to kind of learn about it, I would say is that, you know, just we can all get so consumed and over and overwhelmed by everything that's out there in the internet, but pick one or two resources that want that doesn't talk the jargon, right? Whether that's a blog, whether that's a, a website, whether that's going on LinkedIn, whether that's a book. Do you have a favorite resource that you'd recommend? Well, obviously myself is one. No, I'm kidding. Obviously. Um, okay. yeah. Obviously. Um, Aside from Renee, what, what else would you recommend? Uh, yes, everyone. I am the perfect resource. And everyone. <laughs> you are a darn good resource. <laughs> are there any favorite books you no, have? There are some other really, really good resources. I mean, I think Nerd Wallet. If, uh, you know, anytime, if you're going to okay. Google something, I think Nerd Wallet, right, is going to always be a good, credible resource. If you're going to go on Google, they have really, really good jargon free, explanations on on you know any financial topic and i say that just even whether it's myself whether it's on nerd wallet whether it's any sort of book i'm blanking on the author but you are a badass and uh, yeah yes you are Um, a badass at making money i believe and i think that's a great that's a great book a great book but i think with any resource right everything is dictated or is it's being written to the masses you always have to take general information with a grain of salt because not everything's going to apply to you. But I always say start with some resources, right? Nerd Wallet, I think is a great resource. You know, reading some books. We we're both very that's how we met on LinkedIn. Look at LinkedIn. I mean it's it's full of some really great information that you can kind of take away. And then, you know, start having these conversations with your girlfriends or your friends, right? It's just saying, hey, I really should own this. I really should step into my power in this. What are some resources that you find to be helpful, right? And just start having those kind of conversations. So I think the book that was the real game changer for me, and Jen Sincero's book is really great. And I'll link to that book and the book I'm going to share here in a second in the show notes in case anybody wants to look into them. But earlier this year, I read secrets of six figure women. Mm, I think you uh, mentioned Barbara that. Barbara Stanny, I, I think was is the author. And that book was just so empowering as far as why it's important that women have financial savvy. And she did it in a non cringy way. It was just very mm-hmm. empowering. And I just absolutely adored that book. And I think we connected like right after that, because I think we had talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I need to. Yeah, I need to look at and read that. I'll probably put that on audiobook. So we, we are about ready to start 2024. Okay. Insane. What is one piece of advice you have to help my listeners make 2024 the year that they develop a positive relationship with money? What is one piece of advice you could offer? Yeah, 
and this may sound a little woo woo a little a little bit, but I'll maybe I'll expand upon it, is that commit yourself to being your inner financial CEO. Mm. And that really means is show up and step into the power that you do have, regardless of where you are today financially, what you feel about that maybe there's a there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be, but show up for yourself to have that awareness and the commitment that you're not going to be able to solve for everything mm-hmm. in a matter of you know, a short period of time, but you can certainly commit yourself to one or two things to really move the needle forward. I love that. And it's like, it's time to pull your head out of the sand and start taking charge of your financial future. So Renee, if my listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Well, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I really try to provide some of these high-level tips and tricks about money mindset and just some practical tips. So certainly reach out to me. I'm, I, I am always open in the, in the DMs. You also said that you would provide a complimentary consultation and just chat with people about finances, which I think is a great place to start yeah. is just having a conversation. It's, it, you know, admitting like you don't have it all figured out and I'm going to go to the professionals and just kind of see where to start. Because if you're going to make any progress, it all begins with the first step, yeah. right? 100%. I think sometimes when we're living in our own perspective, it allows us to stay in our comfort cave. And sometimes you need that outside perspective. And what that consultation and that complimentary, you know, what I say is a connection call is just to really get a snapshot as to, for me to understand where you are today, what are some pain points that that are either causing you anxiety, right, around your money, and I can provide some opportunities and areas and give you my perspective of really what you can focus on. I'd be transparent and saying, hey, can I really be helpful? Or this is where, this is your best, best path forward, one way or the other. So you're not only going to help people make a plan, you're going to help them with that mindset, which is exactly what we need. All right, listeners, 2024 is coming. It's time to change our relationship with money. I love our conversation today. Renee, thank you so much for being here. Again, listeners, we will put all of Renee's contact information into the show notes for you, along with links to the two books that we discussed today. And I hope that you will really take Renee's advice and give her a call. Check her out on LinkedIn. It is a brand new year coming up, my friends, and your wings are ready. Let's get our finances straight because it's time to fly. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Flight School Podcast. If you want to continue to receive Flight School lessons directly into your podcast feed, please be sure to follow the show. And if you know someone who could benefit from what I teach here on the podcast, why not share this episode with them and help them out? If you are looking for more support to help you spread your wings and fly, please visit my website at www.jenlafine.com slash work with me to learn more. Have a great week and I'll see you again soon.